it's actually quite interesting. It's um, to be behind, like working behind the scenes of these shows have been um, very eye-opening to, um, well, very, very eye-opening to, especially to a newcomer like myself. Like I, I'm still quite green in the industry, so um, every little aspect of what happens behind the scenes is sort of really interesting to me. It's sort of, it's sort of, it's like it's it's cool. It's you know, it's um, when. Uh, you know, you, you're watching the directors and the writers and everybody else doing their thing. It's sort of, oh, I might try that. Oh, oh, maybe I should try that. So, it's, it, I mean, for me, that's how I've sort of found it. Yeah, so, like, it seems like it's fun to work behind the scenes of the show called Home and Away and The Secret Daughter because you seem to, like, yeah. really enjoy it. So, like, what are some stuff that people don't know about the show Home and Away, like, the filming, like... Well, I mean, for myself, I was only on this show for a couple of episodes. Uh, I was, uh, you know, but it's still lucky enough to uh, uh, get the, the get the roles I did. Um, what I can say is they run a pretty tight ship. You know, um, I, I saw that, you know, everyone was treated fairly. Um, the director I was working with, um, David Caesar, who's a, a really well-renowned Australian actor, uh, Australian director, and... Um, you know, just to have that opportunity to work with someone like of that caliber was amazing. Um, and because I've watched a lot of the stuff that he's directed throughout, throughout my, you know, prior to me acting, you know, and I was, you know, to work with people like that was great. Um, I didn't really get a chance to work with the other actors on the show. I, I worked with um, the actor that played Colby, and um, I worked with a few of the stunt directors, uh, the stunt coordinators that I've worked with in previous TV shows. Um, so all that was sort of, it was really, it was, it was just fun. It was, you know, it was really fun and it was, it was good to be a part of such a, a well-known um, television show. Yeah, so like Surviving Sunset premieres in Australia at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival on Sunday 30th of July. What is it about? Well, um, <laughs> Surviving Sunset is basically a, a documentary about myself um, and my journey to Hollywood, but it, it's not just a, about myself. It also takes a, I, I also, you know, take the time to have a chat with other actors and through their answers and their input, their, you know, the interviews, I sort of get more inspired by how their stories. And so it's sort of about, it's about, it's about failing and embracing your failures. It's about going for your dreams and not caring what people say. It's about, falling on your face it's about the real the real raw crap that happens in hollywood um everyone thinks that when you go to hollywood it's you know the pretty lights and all that and it's just it's far from that and i think in my film i show that it's not just a place of pretty lights you know i'm not an actor's son or i'm not related to any um big time, you know, film producer or actor, I was just a truck driver and a, and a metal singer and I did a bit of, uh, you know, security and bar work and I decided, hey, you know, now I've been acting for a little while, why don't I make a film? I had no clue what I was doing. So the film is, 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 as uh, it's a little amateurish, it's, some would say it's a bit amateurish, um, but it's, I would class it as, well, it is a little amateurish. It's, a, my, it's my first film. It's a raw look into the industry. It's a raw look into what 
actors do go through because you you never hear about you know the actors you know these big well known actors um crying in in you know in a, in a fetal position in the corner you know on the phone to their parents every day or their wives and you know you know upset or stressed out you never hear about that you always hear about the glamorous side of it and I thought, no, I'm going to show you the real side of it. And there's some pretty disturbing sort of images and stuff like that in the film, which I think will sort of get people's attention. Yeah, so, like, what was it like making the documentary? Like, what were the benefits for you making it? The benefits to me, uh, what was it like making the film? I mean, shooting it over a few years and then trying to piece it together and sort of go through the footage. It was nail-biting. I, I, I'll tell you now, it was um, the expression, pulling your hair out, um, you know, banging your head against a brick wall. There, I had more give up my, and as you know, one of the actors, also, one of the directors and producers also said in, in my film, you know, you have more give up moments. And I had, I've had so many, that's it, I'm done, I'm out of here. F this film, I've had a gut full, I'm not doing this anymore. And I have had that every single day. But at the end of the day, I'm like, no, I'm going to keep going. If I quit, then I have failed. And so I sort of have this whole embrace every, embrace every failure, embrace every mistake, um, because that's the only way you can sort of push ahead. So, yeah, I hope that sort of answers what you were trying to ask. Yeah, it does very much answer what I asked. Thank you. Like, how many years did you film your documentary for? Well, I started filming it um, in 2017. I did a little bit of filming here in Australia. Then I went over to Los Angeles and filmed over there. I filmed probably 2017, 2018, 2019, so three years of filming. And then I finally started getting it edited um, around... 2021, 2020, 2021. So it, it was basically edited over a couple, of, like over a couple of years. You know, a bit of time spent here, a bit of time spent there. Um, it wasn't a solid edit experience. It was, but more like you know, there was also we're editing through COVID, so there was a lot of phone calls backwards and forwards. The editor I had um, was a friend of mine, and he sort of said to me, "Hey, dude, you know, no one else is going to edit this, you know." I've done a couple of film clips before. How about we, you know, let's have a crack? And I said, okay, well, you know, and he was willing to give me a hand. So, you know, he um, jumped on board and it was basically the blind leading the blind. <laughs> you know, backwards <laughs> and forwards, backwards and forwards, many arguments. There was some times when I thought I'm not getting what I wanted out of, out, out of the film, but it was better to just, you know, have a finished product and... I'm probably thinking I'm probably going to do a director's cut eventually, but um, you know it was nail biting. It was it was stressful, um, but also rewarding because I've shown I've learnt since 2017. I've grown so much. I've I've got a bit more of an uh, appreciation for what a filmmaker goes through, and what a director goes through, and what a creative goes through to get their their, their idea from their head to the big screen. And I never thought for once that I was going to get an Australian screening. I never thought I was going to get a screening in Los Angeles, you know, last year, but I did. And then I got this screening here in Melbourne and I was like, what? <laughs> really? It's like, you want to see my film? So, I mean, I'm 
I'm absolutely honoured to be in the position I'm in with this film and, you know, having it screening at, at, at you know, the Cinema Nova, for, uh, especially being part of Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. That's just, you know, um, absolutely crazy. It's still... I don't think it's hit me yet. Yeah, so, like, what actors did you talk to in the documentary? Wow. Okay, um... I spoke to Christian Isaiah from Shameless, um, an American television show called Shameless. I spoke to Aaron Jeffries from Seek. Uh, uh, he was in uh, The Daughters. Um, uh, Andy McPhee from Sons of Anarchy. Um, we who else did we have? We had uh, Matt Nabel. So Matt Nabel's been a, is an iconic Australian actor. He's been in just about everything. We got Roger Ward, um, Kim Jackson. Christy Wright from Home and Away. Erin um, Connor, she's been in, in, in Occupation. We've got Carly Williams from Home and Away. Elle Dore from um, uh, Fat Pizza, Houzos. Um, We've got Emily Coupe, who's now uh, an actor living in in the United States, but she's also a musician. So she's also one of these actors that's gone, okay, I'm an actor, and she's now, you know, she's branched out. She's doing music as well. He's doing really well at it. I've got Peter Mockery, uh, Matt Birch. If there's a if people remember a show out there that we used to be really big in Australia called Operation Repo, and um, I ended up yeah, Matt Birch for the big bald guy in that show. I ended up getting on on the film as well. Um, I spoke to Style Dane, who was the uh, one of the um, was the, the pizza guy at the um, start of Deadpool, and. Um, he was very, you know, just, I, I spoke to a lot of different actors and, you know, if I, I spoke to over 140 actors and about 55 of them made it into the film. Wow. And it was still, or maybe, sorry, maybe about 35, 45 of them, you know, and it made up and it made it into the film. But because the film only goes for 64 minutes, there is still all these interviews out there that I, that, that I have and I'm ready to sort of back it up with going, okay, here's a film. Now I'm going to release the series as well. So that's what I'm sort of hoping for is to get this film out there, um, get distributors and get people interested and then say, okay, I've got the film, but I've also got a series which, you know, it shows a bit more of myself, my own journey. And also it focuses a little bit more on some of the other actors and some of their journeys as well. Because, you know, they took the time to spend and talk to me. It's only fair that I sort of you know, share their stories as well. Yeah, so, like, lots of writers and actors are on strike at the moment and directors. So, like, why is that? And, like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, this industry is really hard. I mean, before streaming came along, um, residual payments and stuff like that were, you know, Already, you know, some of the residuals people were getting were already low enough. So, you know, actors have sort of, you know, sometimes out the repayments they've already been getting were already low enough. And then when a streaming comes along, you know, and you stop and those those services start, you know, playing your, playing your work over and over and over again and you're not getting paid for those, you know, resi- those residuals that you deserve, that you've worked hard for. It sort of, it makes things hard. But I mean, with this strike happening, you know, it's not just actors and big actors that are going without. You know, you've got um, 
set designers and and casting agents and you know the people that work behind the scenes they're all stopped working everything's stopped so there's nothing happening so something has to change you know and i think it, it needs to change for the better i'm i'm very thankful in some ways that i'm not um a sag actor at the moment because i think it would be really hard and i would be in a really horrible situation and you know all, all i can hope is you know by what is happening, there is a, a, a good resolution for the actors and the writers because, you know, you know, AI should be only used... Um, <laughs> it, shouldn't be, it should be used as a tool. Not, it should not be used as something to write with. Like, you know, where, where is, um, you know, when it comes to writing, you know, I'm dyslexic. If I was going to be using AI, I'd be using it as a spell corrector, um, as a thesaurus. Um, not as something to write stuff for me because, you know, I think it's more important that if I'm dyslexic and I'm using voice to text to write a story, I think that's a lot better than, you know, and it's, it's, I don't don't know, I just think, I don't agree with, you know, all this. I just think, you know, people just need to be, you know, actors and writers, they work hard for their craft and they need to be, you know, treated accordingly. It's simple as it's, you know, right, you know, writers need to be able to write and do their stuff without, um, you know, AI interfering. And actors need to be able to do their job and actually get paid what they deserve. But also the other people need to be paid what they deserve as well. Instead of these, you know, massive companies making so much money on top of what they already make, you know, um, well, I can only hope when I do become SAG or SAG eligible, you know, the you know what's happening now, you know, actually makes a difference, and you know we're all getting a better deal. You know, that's what I sort of think. Yeah. So, like, where can people see Surviving Sunset? Well, you can see Surviving Sunset this Sunday, um, the thirtieth at. Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, which is uh, showing at Cinema Nova, 380 Ligon Street, Carlton. It's showing at 4.40 in the afternoon. Um, so people can come along to that and see it. There's also an after party. We'll be having a few giveaways. People will receive a little raffle ticket as they're walking in the door. And uh, during the Q&A, the, there'll be a, uh, that raffle will be you know drawn. They don't have to pay for the ticket. It's a free ticket they get when they walk in the door. And then there'll be a little uh, a little prize that'll be given away during the Q and A. And then people uh, that are, uh, are going to be hanging around, they're quite welcome to come down to Ballers Club on the corner. Well, there will be a, an after party and um, some you know, games and a bit more of a speech and a few announcements and yeah. Mm-hmm. 